Welcome, friends. Enter the tent and have a seat. Grab yourself a cup of the finest ale and listen to tales of honor. For the uninitiated, Max Level is typically a weekly bout of insanity and fun amongst the crew at Level Down Games. A little bit different this week. I'll explain why in just a few minutes. I'm your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this evening, well, nobody. But that's okay. Special shout out to Midnight Danger, coming in hot and coming in with that new music across the majority of our content this week as we go through our redesign and rebrand away from Level Down Games and leveldowngames.com. Go check them out. You can find them on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Just search Midnight Danger. He's the perfect mix of glam hair metal rock and that amazing 80s synthwave sound. You know the drill. You won't be disappointed. Um, But yeah, before we get into a little what's new with you, and I've got two games that I want to briefly talk about this week. This is going to be a solo show, and that's okay. It's been a while since we've had a solo show, and we're going to have some crazy fun next week as, of course, we're moving into October, and you know what that means. Every quarter, every three months, what do we do here? Something called Thunderdome. We'll be taking a list of games, and I actually have that list in front of me right now because we're going to talk about Thunderdome here for a few minutes. Before, before though, before we do that, I do want to talk about the renaming of the podcast. Obviously, we are no longer calling ourselves Level Down Games. I know we're still using leveldowngames.com. I know everything is still under that moniker right now, but. By the end of this week, we should be moved to our new name, our new website, our new .com. Everything will be rebranded across social media, on YouTube, on Twitch, even though we don't use it that much anymore. The podcasts will be rebranded, not necessarily renamed. The only one that got renamed was this one because, we're again, we're moving away from the Level Down Games podcast. Blood and Destroyers, an all-elite wrestling podcast that uploads every Monday, that's not going to change change its name BG Mania a video game music podcast I know it's been on a little bit of a hiatus right now it's been about almost two months since we put up a new episode in that in that podcast feed but I promise you it is coming back it's just been tough to do that one as of late so the name's not changing though even though when it does come back and the media files is not going to be changing its name either just the level down games podcast we're moving back to the max level podcast because it's such a good name and uh, we had so much fun with the name before we switched it to the LDG podcast. And the name actually fits with the new branding. So maybe a little hint there if you're listening before we uh, before we reveal actually what's coming. So 
Uh, but yeah, everything should be hopefully back to normal next week. Kyle has been battling a pretty serious illness. Luckily, it's not COVID related. We did go out and find out just to make sure because it's been a couple days that he's been feeling down and uh, out for the count. So luckily, it's not that. But still, he's getting his butt kicked over there with something. Sean's always got stuff going on, but I do know he's going to make this coming up episode for Thunderdome. So look forward to his return there. And then Dan with the the kid coming and everything that's just been going on and the uh, the house repairs and the nursery repairs, getting to sit down with him at any other time other than our scheduled AEW recording time is a little difficult right now. But I have an idea. I have an idea that might incorporate Dan into the show more often. More on that coming soon. Uh, it could be cool. It could be cool. And it wouldn't take us too long to do so. It would be cool. But yeah, make sure you're tuning in to next week's episode for sure. It's Thunderdome Q4 2021. It's an incredible list of games, at least in my opinion. I think so. Uh, we're going to give you a sneak peek. I know I posted the playlist over in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord server, what are you doing? You should be in our Discord server. Make sure you check the uh, description box of this podcast, the show notes, wherever you're listening to us. It's going to be there. I promise you in those show notes is a link to our Discord server. Make sure you click on it. That way you can uh, interact with us and chat with us throughout the week and you know just have some fun we have a lot of fun in there it's a good time but uh we have man we have a hefty list here we've got 38 games entering thunderdome next week let's run down these just to give you an idea of what's coming alan wake remastered nickelodeon all-star brawl jet the far shore super monkey ball banana mania far cry 6 moon glow bay metroid dread back for blood jackbox party pack 8 Book of Travels, Crisis Remastered Trilogy, NHL 2022, The Caligula Effect 2, The Good Life, The Dark Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, The Unliving, NASCAR 21 Ignition, Solar Ash, Age of Empires 4, Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars, Mario Party Superstars, Call of Duty Vanguard, Blue Reflection Second Light, Forza Horizon 5, Jurassic World Evolution 2, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Grow Song of the Evertree, Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1, Century Age of Ashes, Battlefield 2042, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, those are one entry, Final Fantasy 14 and Walker Expansion Pack, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, Big Brain Academy, Brain vs. Brain, Chorus, the games that we famously call chores here on the show, Halo Infinite, and Siberia The World Before. 38 games. It's going to be tough to narrow this down. I already picked out my top 10 and my bottom three, but the rest, I don't know, which means I'm realistically going to play 35 of these 38 games. Probably won't play the bottom three, but the rest, I kind of do want to check out. So should be a fun Thunderdome. And if you're in our Discord server, you'll have seen that yesterday I did a dice roll in the LDG podcast discussion channel to determine the next listener participant for Thunderdome. We were down to either Joe the Chode or Severin 
because we went with winners of Sev's Clues from prior stuff that we've done. Techie Geek won the first round. He participated in Thunderdome with us last quarter. If you saw it yesterday, obviously this is not a spoiler to you, but if you're not on our Discord server, Joe the Chode, the, the lovely listener, the lovely gentleman who sent me a monitor when mine broke over the course of my move last month, he is actually going to be participating in Thunderdome with us next week. Um, I've already gotten his list as of um, as of the time that I'm recording this because I'm recording the intro and I've recorded everything out of order for this episode. I recorded bits and pieces of this on Sunday. I recorded a little bit of this yesterday on Monday and I, now I'm doing the intro and the outro today. That's all I'm doing on today, the day I'm posting it. So things are kind of pieced together here and there. Yeah, that's why this episode might sound a different, you know, they're, they I may have sounded a little bit different or been sitting closer, further away from the mic at some points, but I'm going to try through editing to, uh, to make sure that everything sounds uniform, but I'm looking forward to next week should be a good Thunderdome and yeah, we should have a lot of fun. But I think it's time we jump into a little what's new with you and what's new with me this week. I've actually been playing several. We're getting back into as we get ready for our rebrand. We're getting ready to get back into doing reviews again because it's obviously one of the main things that we built our name off of. And we are certainly going back to that. Um, you'll see what I mean by that in, in just a couple days. But I've been playing two games that recently have been dropping reviews and... Let me tell you, I have some things to say about each of these, and we're going to kick things off with a game that came out, what, two weeks ago, I think it was? It came out on the 16th, so yeah, two weeks ago. I've been putting some time in the Eastward over the last week, and I knew I was going to like this game. I just didn't know how much I was prepared to uh, to enjoy this game as I've been making my way through it. And what's awesome is I'm not even quite sure how long and how many chapters there are. I'm in chapter three and throughout the way uh, it's set up as a, so you do the prologue first and then you have obviously chapters one and two and kind of introducing you a little bit to the way the mechanics work, the dungeons, the way that those are going to work and overall the structure of the game. Now, leading up to release, I mean, I knew and we all knew, at least I think we did, as long as we were paying attention, that it was heavily um, influenced by The Legend of Zelda and was going to have some some pretty heavy Zelda vibes. But this is more or less like a just a realistic uh, modern take on that whole formula. You're basically introduced to these characters slowly and progressing kind of like, you know, where we're Link and thinking specifically in like Ocarina of Time, how he starts out in, uh, in the forest. And then you just naturally progress out into the main Hyrule field and go from there to the different various dungeons and that kind of stuff. While it's not at least to what I've experienced up into chapter three, and I've went through two towns so far, um, three, yeah, three towns now, if you count the first one, I guess, that you start in. One of the things that I've just been so impressed by and so, I guess, drawn in to this world is just there's so much personality and there's so much going on with just random NPCs standing around and various things in the background, 
you know, I was describing it to a friend who was watching me play for a little bit. It, it is very much Earthbound meets The Legend of Zelda in so many different ways. But they've added, like, especially as you get further and further into the game, more and more things start becoming available for you to participate in, for you to do, for you to really, like, interact with and, and explore. I knew, like I said, I knew I was going to like this game. I just wasn't prepared to have it so high on my, you know, list of games that I've really, really enjoyed throughout 2021 uh, up to this point. And I mean, we're already almost into October, so I'm really digging this. I, I think the music is great. It's got everything that I was looking for and hoping for, um, you know, that synth wave, retro wave, but still nostalgic kind of, I don't know, that classic video game vibe that we, you know we miss sometimes it's all in here and then just the graphics are so beautiful it's a gorgeous looking game and I'm playing it on switch and I mean it just looks so good on the TV on the big screen uh, it feels good everything controls smoothly I'm impressed with it. I really am. Like I said, I think this game is actually super, super enjoyable and probably one of the more enjoyable Zelda likes that I've played in a while. I know I recently was talking about, um, ah, man, it was either last week or the week before where I was talking about Kenna Bridge of Spirits and how I had mentioned that, you know, that might become one of my favorite Legend of Zelda like games or I'm not sorry, my favorite, but be received as one of the better Zelda-like games of of more recent times. But Eastward is, is going to give it a run for its money. And I've been putting time into Kenna as well, which I also think is really fucking good. So there's just so many good games out right now. We'll be talking more Kenna soon. We've got a lot to talk about over the next couple weeks. We've been playing a lot of games here as we, you know, transition out of being level down games and getting ready for this rebrand. We've been keeping ourselves busy, um, prepping for for the launch of reviews once again and, and getting things fired up and good to go. But I'm glad that I've been able to put so much time in the Eastward over the last couple days. And I'm excited to kind of see where this journey goes throughout the story. Like it's really well done. Um, hats off to the team. I've been really enjoying my time and yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Go check it out. If you're looking for something like the like the legend of Zelda on switch right now, um, if that's all you have access to Eastward is your, your game. Trust me. It is, it is good. It is very good. I've been really enjoying it. The other game that I've been also enjoying and I think, you know, as, as we go from Eastward, where is a game that I knew I was going to enjoy? I was pretty sure I was going to enjoy this next game. And that's Hot Wheels Unleashed, which I've been playing on the PlayStation 5. Shout out to the uh, shout out to the crew. Shout out to the team over there uh, for providing us with a key from Milestone. Um, this is what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted from Hot Wheels Unleashed. And... Going to Open Critic and seeing that, you know, right now it's sitting at a 74, that ma that makes me sad because I think it's better than a 74. And I, and I try to look here and I'm looking like, why did it tank so bad? You know, some, not that many places, like you got a 6.5, a 6.2, a 3 out of 5, a 6 out of 10 stars, a 2 out of 5 stars, a 2.5 out of 5, a 4 out of 10, 5.5, a couple of those, but like... Most of them are sevens and then a seven five, a lot of eights, a lot of nines. Like IGN gave this game a nine out of ten. Let's see who else gave it a nine. God is a geek gave it a nine. GameSpace gave it a nine five. Finger Guns gave it a ten. Xbox Era gave it an eight point five. 
there's just a lot of nostalgia buried in this game, especially if you were playing the Hot Wheels games back on PC in like the mid and not even mid late 90s to maybe early 2000s. And then there was that Hot Wheels game on GameCube. Hot Wheels GameCube. I should know the name of it. I'm fairly certain I said it last week. Um, no, not this one. Not World Race. Come on, guys. Hot Wheels Velocity X. That one released back in 2002 on GameCube, PS2, Game Boy Advance, and PC. And um, I actually thought that game was pretty good. But going back to uh, going back to wikipedia looks like it tanked maybe that's rose colored glasses hmm i don't know but either way i <laughs> i thought the games were good back then and uh you know i can't be the only one because they they have a lot of nostalgia for several people and looking through these open critic scores um I can see that. I can see people that really enjoyed this game. And like me, I'm really enjoying this game. Now, I haven't put nearly as much time into it as I have with Eastward. And, you know, I'm still trying to finish up Tales of Arise for that review. Sean and I have a dual review coming for NBA 2K22 that we've been working on. Um, so I haven't had nearly enough time to put into Hot Wheels Unleashed over the last week or so that I've wanted to since I've had access to the game. But I am really enjoying what I've played so far. I've got to go in and mess around with the track customization a little bit. What you were able to do in this game is really cool if you're, especially if you're a fan of Hot Wheels, if you grew up like me playing with them in the living rooms and sticking tracks together and, you know, coming up with crazy designs all throughout the living rooms and dining rooms and bedrooms. This is a fun game. And then the story mode, which kind of has you kind of moving through this, um, uh, I want to say it's like a city kind of interactive city almost with bubbles on it and you just kind of move from like one bubble to the next and it tells you what you're doing and you complete the race and then you unlock a X amount of paths that you're able to explore and as you explore more you unlock secrets and you know unlock different cars and that kind of stuff so the way they have the campaign and story mode set up is actually really cool and um it doesn't seem like it'll take too long to get through. I don't know exactly how long it is, but it doesn't seem like it'll take too long to get to. So uh, I, I do want to put some more time into this, hopefully over the next couple days. So that way this review is good to go shortly after the rebrand launches as well. But um, yeah, that's going to bring us to the end of what's new with you as we get ready for a little Sean Waltman lightning round. For the Sean Waltman Lightning Round this week, we have a little bit of news that was featured in the Nintendo Direct last week. However, for our main discussion a little bit later on, we are going to recap more of that Nintendo Direct. So I didn't pull everything out of there. There's a couple things that was announced during it. Uh, I think the first three news stories are actually from the Nintendo Direct and then everything else is not. So we'll put 10 minutes on the clock. I know we're probably going to keep, we're going to stop saying that soon because the lightning round isn't really a lightning round anymore. It's just in name only because of the lightning kid, the one, two, three kid himself, X-Pac, Sean Waltman. Lightning round begins right now. Nintendo has announced Kirby in the Forgotten Lands for Nintendo Switch. It will release in spring of 2022. Join Kirby in an unforgettable journey through a mysterious world and a delightful 3D platforming adventure. Take control of the powerful pink puffball Kirby and move around freely in 3D stages as you discover a mysterious world with abandoned structures from a past civilization. 
like a shopping mall, copy enemies' abilities like sword and ice, and use them to attack and explode your surroundings. What journey awaits Kirby? Take a deep breath and get ready for an unforgettable adventure. This game looked fucking sick, you guys. I think this might have been one of the more hype reveals from this Nintendo Direct. Uh, we, we're finally getting an open world somewhat, right? I think it's, you know, in Kyle Bossman's recent delayed input video, he kind of referred to it as like Super Mario 3D World type of 3D for Kirby. And, and I get what he means, and I could totally see that comparison uh, as opposed to it just being freely open world when you think of like Super Mario Odyssey or something like that in terms of a Nintendo open world. Either way, this game looks fucking dope, and I think it could be one of their bigger games for next spring. I think it'll sell well to people that don't even like Kirby. Like, I, you know, Kyle was freaking the fuck out in chat during the live reaction that we did over on our YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you missed the live reaction. You should be subscribed to the YouTube channel. What are you waiting for? Go check that out. But yeah, this game looked really, really cool. As did this next one here. Square Enix has announced voice of cards, the Isle Dragon Roars for PC, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. It will release on October 28th. Developed by the creative team behind the beloved Nier and Guard series, including a creative director, Yoko Taro, who I am in love with executive producer Yosuke Saito and music director Kaichi Okabe, who I'm also in love with. Oh man, this is such a good project. As well as character designer Kimihiko Fujisaka, this new tabletop RPG will spark players' imagination with a unique way of storytelling. In Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars, players will venture through a story set long ago in a world shrouded in mystery, guided by the narrative voice of the Game Master. Set in a world of swords and sorcery, the game is told entirely through the medium of cards. Players will follow the protagonist as he sets off on a journey to defeat a recently reawakened dragon that is threatening the land and its people in hopes of securing an immense reward. He is joined on his travels by his companions, Mar, a monster very attached to him, and Melanie, a black witch with a grudge against the dragon. Players will need to make choices throughout the story, as well as join in turn-based field and dungeon battles that unfold on a board in the manner of traditional tabletop RPGs. This game reminded me a lot of some of those tile flip board games that you can get like um, Forbidden Island and things like that where you start out on a tile and then you're moving around and unflipping the tiles as you go. It seems like you're kind of doing something like that here. You know, the, the story progresses and could be different depending on what you do, where you go. That's where the choices come into play. I think this game looks really freaking cool. I'm excited to check this out. Uh, I, I most certainly will be picking it up when it comes out on the 28th of October. Square Enix has announced Chocobo GP for Nintendo Switch. It will release in 2022. Chocobo GP is a thrilling new kart racing experience set in the Chocobo universe. Featuring, featuring, oh, sorry, man, can't even talk. Featuring a variety of whimsical characters from across the franchise, players will be able to dash to the finish as the game's namesake and star, Chocobo and his friends. Chocobo GP will challenge racers to master courses from well-known Chocobo and Final Fantasy series locations set off on a new journey with Chocobo and friends as they enter a racing tournament to win an unbelievable reward, a wish for anything their heart desires. 
This may have been one of the biggest surprises to me from the Nintendo Direct last week. I think this is incredible. I've been waiting for a new kart racing game that isn't Mario Kart, you know, one that we haven't really played before. Obviously, Sega has the Sonic All-Stars racing game, but that's not nearly a kart racing game to its core. And, um, you know, with Crash Team Racing getting its remasters and the Nitro Fueled stuff recently... I was wondering when we'd see something like either new or, you know, the return of Diddy Kong Racing or just something like that. And color me a little surprised that it's Square Enix taking the risk, both with uh, Voice of Cards and with Chocobo GP. I like how many risks they're taking right now in terms of a company and in developing these games that, you know, we maybe normally wouldn't have seen recently from them. So this is really cool. I'm certainly going to be picking this up. I love a good kart racer outside of Garfield Kart Racing. So I think this one should be good. Publisher Platonic Friends and developer Castle Pixel have announced Blossom Tales 2, the Minotaur Prince for PC and Nintendo Switch. It will release sometime next year. Kyle, I know you're excited. And as am I. This should be great. The Minotaur King has returned and it's all your fault. Lily's back for a new class. Classic action adventure set hundreds of years after The Sleeping King. Grandpa's latest tale takes you on a journey through haunted forests, pirate shores, and other mysterious lands across a vast open world. Charming towns, terrible enemies, tricky puzzles, and powerful weapons await you. Enjoy a story within a story as Grandpa narrates exciting moments throughout Lily's incredible adventure. Will you help Lily defeat the Minotaur King and save her brother? Yes. Yes, I think I will. Uh, I really enjoyed the first Blossom Tales. It was a nice love letter to the Legend of Zelda series, especially A Link to the Past. This new trailer that we saw for the Minotaur Prince looks like an upgrade to what we had from the original game. I'm super excited to play this. I was really excited to see it get announced, and I'm glad it's already coming next year. So this is a good one. Publisher Untold Tales and developer Wondernot Studio have announced 2D action adventure game Aspire Ina's Tale for PC, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It will release this uh, sometime this December. Ina was trapped, placed in perpetual slumber inside the tower, where she dreamed. Suddenly and unknowingly, she is woken. Ina must now explore the tower's inner chambers in search of a way out and a reason for her imprisonment. Along the way, she'll traverse marvelous scenery, meet enigmatic characters, solve intuitive puzzles, and conquer platforming sequences as she comes closer to her goal, but farther from innocence. For this isn't a story about how Ina was saved. This is the story about how she discovered she could be so much more. This game looks really cool. I think the uh, the concept and the way they described it here, really, really cool sounding. The trailer looks fun. It's this year. I'll probably check it out when it comes out. We'll see. Nighthawk Interactive will release Disney Classic Games Collection, Aladdin, The Lion King, and The Jungle Book for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch later this fall. Users who already own the physical or digital versions of Disney Classic Games, Aladdin, and The Lion King, can upgrade to the new Aladdin version I'm sorry, to the new Jungle Book version. Aladdin was already there before. Uh, by purchasing the downloadable content pack, the Jungle Book and more Aladdin for $9.99, which includes the Super NES version of Aladdin, along with both NES and Genesis versions of the Jungle Book games. So this is giving us a different version of the Aladdin that was, you know, not previously accessible through the collection. They got whatever was holding it back from being there figured out, which I'm glad. And now adding the Jungle Book games, too. So if you don't already own this yet, this is a super cool collection. Definitely worth picking up.
Publisher Microids and developer Eden Games have announced Gear Club Unlimited 2 Ultimate Edition for PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and Xbox One, and a Definitive Edition, but not an Ultimate Edition for Nintendo Switch. Both will release on December 14th. Unfortunate. Unfortunate the Switch can't get that Ultimate Edition, but, uh, you know, I don't really know what the uh, Definitive Edition is for or the, the differences are. I didn't look into it too much, but for a while there, especially when the Switch first came out, Gear Club Unlimited was like the only racer in, in town that you could get on there. Now there's so many other ones that, um, you know, I haven't paid too much attention to the series since, but hey, Ultimate Edition, Definitive Edition, Definitive, couldn't even say it right, coming December 14th. <laughs> Last but not least, the Pokemon Company has announced Pokemon Trading Card Game Live for PC, iOS, and Android. It will release as a free-to-play game around the world in several different languages. A soft launch is due out, in, uh, due out for mobile in Canada later in 2021, as well as a global open beta for PC. Pokemon Trading Card Game Live allows trainers to enjoy the Pokemon Trading Card Game in an updated digital format and is designed to be easy and fun for beginners to learn how to play the game while offering fresh challenges for existing players to improve and test their skills. Players will be able to enjoy their favorite Pokemon Trading Card Game activities, including building decks and battling other trainers around the world. They will also be able to tailor their experience with customizable avatars and Pokemon Trading Card Game accessories, participate in daily quests, and more. Obviously, this probably won't, you know, be something that I use or log into that often, but I could see Frank, I could see Sean, I could see Kyle, I could see a lot of people really getting into this, whether it be on mobile or PC and having fun playing, uh, you know, the old school trading card game in a new digital way. So that could be cool. As we wrap up the lightning round, there are no major delays, so let's talk the release date roundup. The Good Life releases on October 15th. Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan releases on October 5th. Cupid Parasite releases on November 2nd. Chorus, which we call chores here on the show, releases on December 3rd, as I said earlier when reading Thunderdome. <laughs> Triangle Strategy, the new official name for that game, is announced during the Nintendo Direct, is coming out on March 4th. Rune Factory 5 releases on March 22nd. Life is Strange Remastered Collection releases on February 1st. And Inscription releases on October 19th. That will bring us to the end of the lightning round. This is Kyle, and one day you can be too. Every Friday, I host what is soon to be your favorite podcast, The Media Files. Me and one of my best friends talk about pop culture happening so that you don't look like an uncultured swine during those boring water cooler conversations. Laughs are shared, tears are cried, and sometimes we have really interesting special guests that you might be familiar with. Download The Media Files wherever you download podcasts, and remember, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. But you know what that music means. It's time for a little new release roulette. And as I say every single week, make sure you're checking out the video version over on our YouTube channel. Right now, it is still youtube.com forward slash level down games. Head on over there. Make sure you're watching the video version of the new release roulette. There are so many other games coming out this week and next week that we cannot fit them all on the show. We only talk about six games here, the new release roulette on the podcast over in the video version, which is a weekly show we post on either Mondays or Tuesdays each week, depending on when the first game is coming out whether it is on a monday or a tuesday generally is how i do it um way more in there typically so make sure you're checking out those video versions but for now we have to go over last week's results before we talk about the six new games for this week we did five games last week kyle put six points on each let's see how we did 
Kenna Bridge of Spirits was first. I guessed it would come in at a 79. Kyle put six on that going over based on 69 reviews, 82. The official top critic average. So Kyle starting out strong, already earning himself 12 points. Diablo 2 Resurrected was next. I guessed it would come in at an 81. Kyle put six on that going over. 18 reviews, 82. The official top critic average. So damn, he just beat me by one. But still, that's another 12 points, taking him up right now to a total of 24. Sable was next. I guessed it would come in at an 82. Kyle put six on that going under. Based on 48 reviews, 75. The official top critic average. So damn, Kyle on a roll right now. Three for three in beating me. 12 points again, 36 total. And I think Kyle's going to be talking some Sable next week on the show. So make sure you tune in to see what he thinks. I have a feeling it's going to be good based on what he's been saying. So we'll see. Lost Judgment was next. I, I guessed it would come in at an 83. Kyle put six on that going dead on. 75 reviews, 84. The official top critic average. So no points there, but holy shit was I close. Again, just one point off. And then Death Stranding, the director's cut was last. I guessed it would come in at an 85. Kyle again trusting me, putting six on it going dead on. Based on 60 reviews, 87. The official top critic average. So again, somewhat close. Only missed it by two, but that's still two, which means no points. However, Kyle did get those first three correct. So had he been here, uh, he would have had a, a well-earned victory and would have gotten to choose the pick of the week and, you know, get the final words to give us another pick off the old PP personal playlist. But since he's not here, since I'm the only one here, that means only I can choose the game of the week this week and I get the final words. But uh, that's exciting. We're not going to do bets this week, though. I'm still going to guess what I think the games are going to come in at, but we won't be doing any bets. Um, Kyle, since he'll be back on the show next week, he'll just get the final words and the uh, pick of the week next week in terms of his victory. Moving on to the six games we're talking about in the new release roulette on the show this week. Game number one coming on Tuesday to PC. It's New World. Finally here. Explore a thrilling open-world MMO filled with danger and opportunity where you'll forge a new destiny for yourself as an adventurer shipwrecked on the supernatural island of Eternum. Endless opportunities to fight, forge, and forge await you among the island's wilderness and ruins. Channel supernatural forces or wield deadly weapons in a classless real-time combat system and fight alone with a small team or in massed armies for PvE and PvP battles. The choices are all yours. I know Sean was super excited for this at one point. He still might be. I was really excited for it too at one point. My excitement level has definitely gone down the, the more it's been delayed. I would still like to jump into this at some point. I don't know if I will upon release, even though release time generally is the best time to get involved with a new MMO. I am strapped for cash right now, which is one of the big reasons why we haven't officially launched the rebrand yet. So I don't think I'm going to pick it up yet, but I will. I think I will eventually. Game number two coming on Tuesday, which is also today. Guess I should have said that for New World as well. To PC, PS5, Xbox series, it's In Sound Mind. As you awake in the corridors of an inexplicable building, you find the environment takes on a life of its own and leads you to discover a series of victims, all exposed to the same experimental chemical. This game looks pretty wild. I've been keeping an eye on this one. It's been on my radar, on my release list since it got shown off in one of the showcases or something at some point in the past couple years. I'm certainly intrigued to check this out. I likely will. Maybe next month, maybe around Halloween time. Might be one of good, uh, you know, could be a good game to, to play around that time period. So we'll see. 
Game number three coming tomorrow on Wednesday to PC, PS5, Xbox Series, and Nintendo Switch. It is Centipede Recharged. Blast bugs and chase high scores in this glorious revival of an old school classic, all while jamming to a heart-pounding original score by Megan McDuffie, who actually did the soundtrack to uh, River City Girls recently, and that was so fucking good. So I'm excited to hear the soundtrack. Play solo or tag in a friend for local co-op across 30 unique challenges or the endless arcade mode. The visuals of this game and the way everything was presented gives me heavy um, geometry, warbs, uh, geometry wars vibes. That's what I was trying to say there. I really think I'm going to pick this up. This one looks really cool. And I liked Centipede, um, the original. So I don't know. This one could be fun. Game number four coming on Thursday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, and it is playable via Xbox Game Pass. It is Astria Ascending. Explore a vast world on the brink of chaos in a mature emotional JRPG rendered in glorious 4K, hand-drawn visuals. Customize your characters with expansive customization and lead the eight demigods of Orcanon to battle in rewarding turn-based combat to protect the harmony. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always down to check out a new JRPG, especially when it's called an emotional, mature JRPG. I like the visuals. I like the style. It seems fun. It's fucking on Game Pass. You can't go wrong. Game number five coming on Thursday to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. It is Melty Blood Type Lumina. This is the latest addition to the series of 2D fighting games based on Type Moon's visual romance novel, Tsukimi. Use characteristic melty blood mechanics such as aerial combos, shields, magic circuits, arc drives, and last arcs, as well as a few new powerful techniques under the Moon skill system. I really enjoy the Melty Blood games. I think they're fun 2D fighting games. I likely will pick this up on the Switch at some point. However, I think the thing I'm looking forward to most about this game is the soundtrack. The soundtracks to these games are always freaking bangers. They're really fun to listen to. I can't wait to check it out for that reason alone. But these games are usually solid fighters, so I likely will end up with this on my Switch at some point. And then finally, I talked about it earlier on in the show, game number six coming on Friday to PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Nintendo Switch. It's Hot Wheels Unleashed. Collect the best vehicles in the Hot Wheels universe, build spectacular tracks, and dive into breathtaking races. Prove your skills by competing in awesome races and get ready for pure fun. Race side-by-side -side with your friends in split-screen mode for two players or face up to 12 opponents in online challenges. And as I said earlier on, I won't say too much more on this. I was surprised with how much fun this game actually is. So... Be, be on the lookout for this one. If you were at all a fan of those Hot Wheels games back in the day, especially the ones on the PC in like the, the I would say, early to mid-2000s, maybe late 90s to early 2000s, um, this game is really good. The, the Hot Wheels game on the GameCube, that was really good. This is a lot like that, too. So, I, I don't know. This game is fun. Check it out. But uh, like I said, we're not going to do bets this week on the, uh, on the Open Critic, but I am still going to think... Uh, or guess what I think these are going to come in at. So let's go ahead and say New World. I'm going to go with a 77. In Sound Mind, I'm going to go with a 72. Centipede Recharged, I'm going with a 76. Astria Ascending, I'm going with a 79. Melty Blood, I'm going with a 78. And Hot Wheels Unleashed, I'm going with an 81. So we'll see how close I come. But uh, pick of the week this week for me... Right now, I'd have to go Hot Wheels Unleashed. I think that would be my pick of the week right now. I've been having a blast playing that game over the past few weeks since the key came in. Um, super cool game. 
I'm really looking forward to In Sound Mind, Centipede Recharge, Melty Blood, Astria Ascending, even New World to an extent. Like, I do want to check it out. So this is a solid six games right here. I could have chose any of these. But right now, my heart is saying Hot Wheels Unleashed. So that is your pick of the week this week. All right, and for our main discussion today, I do want to just recap briefly the Nintendo Direct that happened on Thursday last week, uh, just because there was a lot of information buried in there that we didn't really go over earlier in our lightning round. You know, the only thing that I did pull out of the Nintendo Direct that we did cover earlier that I'm not going to mention again, outside of maybe just passing by, because I did write down a full list of like, you know, the order of, of events more or less for this presentation. So we're just going to kind of go over things briefly, but we did already talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Lands, we did talk about Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Roars, and we did talk about Chocobo GP. Those are the three things that were announced outside of like, you know, um, uh, the release date for Triangle Strategy on March 4th being in the direct as well. So let's run down. Let's see exactly everything that took place on Thursday for this Nintendo Direct. Because again, there was some really cool things that uh, are worth mentioning, such as this first one here, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. It's a expansion to Monster Hunter Rise, which came out, I want to say, was it March of this year? Yeah, March or April, because I got the uh, Monster Hunter Rise branded Switch when it did come out. So... Um, I've not finished the original Monster Hunter Rise game, and this is kind of the same thing that always happens to me when I play Monster Hunter games. I really enjoy them, and I think Rise is an excellent game, but something just never hooks me, and I never end up going back to it after X amount of hours. I don't remember how many I put into Rise. It was several. But the Sunbreak expansion looks interesting, and they're adding you know more story content, more locations to explore, more hunting actions that you'll get to do. So, you know, it, it is something that I'm interested in, and it's coming out next summer so there's still plenty of time between now and then to finish Monster Hunter Rise so we'll see where things stand for me and this game and this expansion next summer but it does look good and fans of Monster Hunter Rise should be very excited they had a new trailer and updates for Mario Party Superstars we are getting a couple new boards from well I shouldn't say new boards right because they're not new nothing in Mario Party Superstars is actually new it's all content that fans enjoyed from previous Mario Party games, specifically the N64 ones, and they showed off, you know, like Horrorland and a couple of the boards that they're going to be rebringing back for this game that they didn't already showcase some of the mini games, some of the characters. We kind of knew we were going to get an, an update on Mario Party Superstars, but I am looking forward to it. So uh, next up is that announcement of Voice of Cards, the Isle Dragon Roars, which we did already talk about. Remember, there is a demo available that you can download on the eShop right now, but it does come out later in October, October 28th to be exact. Uh, we also found out that Disco Elysium, the final cut, will be launching on Nintendo Switch on October 22nd with physical versions arriving early next year. And then we had our only appearance unfortunately really really sad our only appearance for the legend of zelda series with the um hyrule warriors age of calamity expansion pass update announcement uh it's taking place in the breath of the wild universe with some cameos from potentially monster hunter characters and games so there's a lot of content, I'm sure, buried in this expansion pass for fans of Age of Calamity. It was a great game. I never got into any of the expansion passes, though. Um, I probably should. 
you know, it is content that I'm sure I would enjoy because I really do like the, uh, the Muso style games and Hyrule Warriors does it so well. So I'm likely, likely to check this out at some point, but, um, you know, I think we still got a bit before I get to it. <laughs> Next up, we had that announcement for Chocobo GP. I uh, really looking forward to that, but, um, yeah, looks great. Uh, what is it next, next week on Tuesday. So the day that our Thunderdome episode is posting, Nintendo is going to have a video, uh, like a smash direct more or less with Sakurai that is going to announce the final DLC character for super smash ultimate. So if you're itching to find out who that final DLC character is going to be, make sure you tune in this coming up, uh, Tuesday, October 5th, because they're going to have an announcement just waiting for that special character. wonder who it's going to be. Probably not Waluigi. <laughs> uh, next up is our announcement for Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which looks amazing, as we talked about earlier. And then speaking of directs announced inside of the direct, we also found out right after the Kirby trailer that Animal Crossing New Horizons also is going to be getting a direct taking place later in October because their big free fall update is arriving in November, which rumored is supposed to be pretty big. So, you know, we'll see what it actually includes when that direct happens later in October. And we also found out that uh, there's new and free Mario Golf Super Rush updates. New characters and courses were available to the day of the direct, including that snow course, which looks beautiful. Um... They had an announcement for Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition, which looks to be an updated version of the game that released on the Nintendo 3DS, I want to say a couple years ago. Um, Yeah, that should be great for fans of that game. And then a weird announcement here. There was an announcement for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic making its way to Nintendo Switch. This is not the remake that was initially announced back at the, uh, the PlayStation showcase a week or you know like two weeks ago actually at this point but um this is the original just being brought to the switch so i don't know kind of weird timing with the remake just being announced i i can't imagine it'll be that hot of a seller but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong maybe a lot of people will pick it up uh they announced dying light 2 stay human cloud edition which kind of surprised me because they first started showing off the game without saying it was running on the cloud and then we saw that it was so that made more sense um that's coming out as it does on every other platform on february 4th and then the original game is actually going to be coming out on switch october 19th the first dying light so that's just a couple weeks away uh, Project Triangle Strategy, which Kyle did predict would become just Triangle Strategy at some point, did happen. Uh, it is now just Triangle Strategy, and it is releasing on March 4th, as we talked about in the release date roundup. And we had another trailer for Metroid Dread after that. But coming up after Metroid Dread, we had probably some really exciting news, at least for, for me. This is something that I was highly anticipating and I'm glad it finally got confirmed. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online is going to be going through, as Avenger makes his normal weekly cameo appearance on the show, Nintendo Switch Online is going to be going through some updates over the next couple weeks, and they are adding the expansion pack, which is going to include Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games. Right now, the confirmed N64 games are Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, Zelda The Ocarina of Time, Winback, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, and another game that I can't tell the uh, the uh, cover art for because it is very small and I didn't play this one. Let's see if I blow it up. Uh, what is this? Oh, it's Sin and Punishment. Okay, it's Sin and Punishment. 
Um, and then on the Sega Genesis, let's then may as well just blow this one up now, because uh, these are all small. We've got Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Musha, Strider, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Shinobi 3, Shining Force, Star, and Fantasy Star 4. So not a terrible lineup spread out between N64 and Sega Genesis. I think that is a great starting point. I am very interested to see what the price point is going to be on this because, you know, monthly Nintendo Switch Online is so inexpensive as it is right now. So we'll have to see what it gets to monthly with the expansion pack added in and then yearly with the expansion pack added in as well. Might bring it more in line with some other services, but I like the way Nintendo's doing this. I like the way that they are adding, you know, content onto this because if you don't care about N64 games, if you don't care about Genesis games, which you probably should care. They are great. Uh, but if you didn't, if you don't have any desire to go back and play them or you already have them and have means to play them elsewhere, you don't have to sign up. Like, you can stay on bare bones Nintendo Switch Online, continue to pay what you're paying, and not get access to these Genesis or N64 games. You'll be saving yourself money by not paying for a service that you're not using. So, instead of just forcing it on everybody and then increasing the price, I like the way they're doing this. I think it's smart. Um, and, and I am looking for them to probably continue to do that as they add more more content to Nintendo Switch Online. So I can't imagine it's going to be a huge price jump. Monthly, I'm thinking a jump to $9.99 for N64 and Genesis games. That way they leave themselves room to go to $14.99 if they ever do add, you know, Dreamcast now that we know Sega is an option or GameCube or... You know, maybe maybe they even ah man, I don't know if they'd increase the price for Game Boy, but Game Boy is an op option there as well. Um, they did announce the Castlevania Advance Collection. Speaking of Game Boy, we're talking Game Boy Advance now. The games that were released on that one, all four were available day of the uh, day of the direct in the Castlevania Game Boy Advance Collection, which I do want to pick up. And then they had a weird moment where they, you know, talked about the new Super Mario movie, which is going to be releasing on December 21st, 2022. And they revealed the voice actors that are going to be participating. And and this cast is it's it's good and it's great, but it's very surprising in terms of the actors that they chose. So we have Chris Pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Charles Martinet will also be involved in surprise cameos. And other actors involved will be Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, and Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. So, yeah, I have to assume this movie is just going to be bananas. We got some gameplay and updates on Splatoon 3, which is supposedly arriving next year. Looking forward to finding out more on that. I'm sure I'll jump in. Hopefully there's enough there to keep me invested. I've tried two other times and I always fall out of Splatoon, but uh, I will certainly try again because I'm liking the updates that they've added for Splatoon 3. It looks fun. And then they closed out the Direct with our final, well, shouldn't say final, with our finally, I was going to say, and then it turned into final. Finally an update on Bayonetta 3. It's it's been so long since I feel like we've seen this one from Nintendo and Platinum Games. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look, it looks great. I mean, it's Bayonetta, it's Platinum, it's what I wanted. Seeing, seeing the, just man, seeing Bayonetta back again, seeing, oh man, looked good. It looked good. And I wish it was coming this year because it's been so long, but it's coming next year. And that's okay. 
that's okay. And uh, yeah, it was a good way to end the direct. I f- man, I was really sad we didn't get any more you know Zelda announcements because it is the anniversary year this year, and all we've gotten so far is the Skyward Sword remaster. I thought for sure that they would do a collection of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. I thought for sure they would release you know Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, but maybe they're not releasing that because of Nintendo Switch Online, the expansion pack. But still, you know, you would think that they would do a a compilation of games they already put out on the Wii U, such as Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD. Those would sell like hotcakes on the Switch, and I'm surprised they haven't done that. But yeah, that was the direct. That was pretty much everything that happened. It's unfortunate that I wasn't able to chat more in depth with like Kyle or Sean or... Well, Dan really doesn't care much about anything that was probably shown off during the direct, but, you know, Kyle and Sean would have had some fun things to say. Um... Uh, Dan would have cared about the, uh, you know, the Nintendo 64 games and stuff, but uh, everything else pretty much not in his wheel. Maybe, maybe the Mario Party stuff, but uh, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Maybe Kirby too, but I doubt it. But uh, I know Kyle was really looking forward to chatting about some of this stuff. It's unfortunate that we weren't able to connect because he wasn't feeling well. And then just everything going on with the training of my new position and the rebrand of Level Down Games. So, yeah. Just had a hard time sitting down with everyone, but we'll make sure we're back together next week because next week, like I mentioned earlier in the show, is Thunderdome, and it's going to be a doozy. I can't wait. I can't wait. But before we get out of here, let's talk a little kickstart my heart. We are chatting about a turn-based JRPG this week with crafting and sim elements. This one is called The Last Relic, Curse of the Lost Aways. And I chose this one because it speaks to me mostly. And, uh, you know, since I'm here on the episode by myself this week, it's probably okay that I do this one. Um, It says The Last Relic is an upcoming turn-based JRPG inspired by the 90s classics that defined uh, the team's childhood. It aims to adopt the best aspects of the golden era of JRPGs, repurposing them to create a unique, charming adventure that stands on its own in the modern age. So let's read about the story. All isn't well in the island nations of Nox Sominum. Strange occurrences and peculiar circumstances have rocked the once peaceful archipelago, sending its citizens into panic. A curse has befallen this corner of the world, a vile anathema deep-seated in the fabric of the island's lore for centuries. It is known as the Curse of the Lostaways. In the center of the archipelago rests Remia, an idyllic commonwealth once booming with an active community. Today it's home to a handful of citizens who reside in the quaint town of Haven. This is the home to our unlikely hero, Ellie Williams. Life was plainly dull for little Ellie, a tiring routine of day in, day out, nary a care in the world, but nothing too exciting either. All was normal until one night she was visited in a dream by the Dark Lord Onerios. Was this just an illusion concocted by a bored mind or something more? The next morning is when Ellie's adventure begins. Uh, And in the gifts here for that just look so cool. Uh, But yeah, let's talk about the features of the game now. It says social bonds, recruit a colorful cast of characters to live in Haven, each with a unique trait to strengthen the town. That sounds great to me. Develop deep connections with this diverse ensemble, deepening your bonds and building your relationships. Fuck yes. Not only will you uncover the backstory of these characters, but bonds can provide benefits both inside and out of battle. This sounds great. Crafting. Farm, mine, fish, and gather items and materials to craft useful weapons and items for the battles ahead. Plant and harvest a series of different fruits and veggies. Fish up all the species of fish in Remia. Mine rock and ore for important materials. Gather ingredients in the field. Use all this to craft a series of items and equipment that will help you along your journey. So yeah, basic crafting, you know, Stardew Valley type exploration stuff here. Looks fun. 
Costume changing, don various garments obtained throughout your journey, giving access to new skills and abilities to aid in your adventure. Ellie can switch costumes on the fly, opening up new gameplay possibilities. Get up to higher ledges with the bunny outfit, talk to animals with the beast outfit, pick lock chests and doors with the thief outfit, and so much more. I love this. Reminds me a lot of, um, you know, the mask system. Speaking of Majora's Mask earlier, Nintendo 64 games. Reminds me a lot of that. Either way, it's kind of done here through a radial wheel on the screen, and you're able to just kind of go into different costumes. I like that mechanic in terms of being able to do different things throughout the game. Makes sense. So, I don't know. That's kind of cool. And then it says it's also going to have strategic battles, fight over 100 unique enemies using a twist on the classic turn-based combat system. An adaptive difficulty plays unfamiliar with the combat and grind of turn-based battles because um, you can opt out of them at any time instead focusing their attention on exploration and the story, which is kind of neat. I like when RPGs do that. doesn't happen that often. And the world looks really cool and fun to explore. So, yeah, this one looks like a lot of fun for me. The island nations of Nox Summonum, uh, Remia Snitsia. What is this one here? Yumi Muru, Gongo, Sueno. Yashim, Anim, Dorma. There's a lot of fun islands and a lot of different locales, a lot of different locations to explore. Um, you know, this is this is a really, really cool looking throwback to the uh, to the golden era of JRPGs, as we talked about in the Kickstarter campaign. And it looks like you are able to get in on this for 15 US dollars, the digital tier. Uh, you'll get a digital copy of the game, backer updates, backer Discord role, name in the credits, and world map desktop wallpaper. Is there a beta access tier? Is twenty-five dollars uh, physical? Add your pet tier for thirty dollars. Backers can put their pet in the game. If you have no pet of your own, no worries. You could still put an animal in the game and give them a name. Oh my god! Backers of this tier also. I might back this game and put Avenger in the game. Oh, there's only five left. Oh, I might do it. I might do it. At thirty dollars, you can also have a boss and name title tier. Uh, top secret room tier for $30. Kyle, lend your voice for $50. Add your voice to the game in the Noxium language. No need to be shy. Noxium is a gibberish language that requires no voice acting skills, just your imagination and personality. Backers of this tier also receive rewards from the $25 tier and below. <laughs> At $50, you can also create an item tier, $80, design a character tier, $100, design a quest, $300, all-in-one discount tier. You get it all. Kind of neat. I might do it. I might do the pet tier. Uh, kind of cool. Go check this one out. Kickstarter.com. Uh, it has already hit its goal. There's still 23 days to go. They were looking for 6,000 US dollars. The team's based out of Santa Clarita, California. Uh, they're at 9,582, and they already have stretch goals released. So at 6,000, the game was funded. At 6,500, they added an end game dungeon. At 7,000, they added an additional island. At 7,500, they're adding more NPCs and quests. At 8,000, they added mini dungeons. At 8,500, they added an arcade. At 9,000, they added a strategy guide. And then, where did it go? At 9,500, they're adding battle arenas, which we just hit. And it says 10,000, we don't know. So, yeah, something else is on the way because we are past that 9,500 stretch goal tier. So we will find out what the next one is here shortly, I imagine. Um, and this is an additional island, like a ninth optional story island. This is not one of the ones that I've mentioned in the actual Kickstarter campaign. So that's really cool. Go check this out. Kickstarter.com. The name of this is The Last Relic, Curse of the Lost Ways.
But that is unfortunately going to do it for this week of the Max Level podcast. Damn, it's been so long since I've gotten to say that. And it's also been so long since I've had the final words of the show. And I think it's only appropriate that I get these final words and that for this episode, we get to bring it back this time. Keep gaining experience until you reach Max Level. Take care, guys. This episode of the Max Level podcast has been brought to you by LevelDownGames.com. Please remember to leave us a rating and review regardless of where you're listening. If you want more of us, check out youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames and make sure you subscribe with notifications on, as well as twitch.tv forward slash leveldowngames again with notifications on. Links to where we can be found on social media, as well as to our Discord server, and all other important information can be found in the show notes for the episode.